Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whenever you're watching, however you're watching, and whenever you're watching is the Better Online Salute to Troy podcast. We got a full crew here, new face, and a new place behind enemy lines. A lot of our fans might recognize the name. My little bro, he's an Oregon Duck, so we brought him on for today's show because we're talking Oregon USC. This is the face behind all the comments. How are you doing today, Kenny? I'm good. Go Ducks. <laughs> His internet is freezing. He has a public school internet, so give him a pass. And then we have the man. He have the man himself, the CEO, the man David Portnoy could never live up to. The man, the myth, the legend, Ryan Dyrud. How are you doing, Ryan? What's up, Coach? I am good. Excited about this game. Maybe we'll see a new look defense. Maybe we'll see uh, three stops this game instead of just two from last game. I don't know, but yeah, excited to. Excited to be here, chatting SC. Got you. So let's let's jump right into things. Uh, let's talk about the interview today. I know Thursday's a one-on-one Zoom interview, so let's get into our Stone Brewery coaches report. What happened today in today's Zoom interview? Yeah, it was a, a quicker interview than the last few weeks. I was in the uh, in the line to ask my question, and unfortunately, didn't get it in. But uh, the only I think the the notable things where Marshawn Lloyd is on track to play this Saturday, had a good week of practice back from his injury. Um, so, you know, whether that uh, the offense didn't seem to miss him last week in terms of points and moving the ball, but Hey, every little bit helps. So Marshawn Lloyd on track to play. Um, and outside of that, I thought the only interesting, did you see Al, the thing going around about uh, Mason Cobb and Kenny, I don't know if you saw this either, but Mason Cobb and a few other players saying, Hey, didn't watch the Washington film and just flushed it and moved on. Did you see that thing going around? I did not see that. I hope that's not true. So, no, no, I, apparently the, the player wise, it is true. And so it was asked like, Hey, what's, what's coach, what's your like thoughts on, on that? And he basically said, he's like, look, this is not something we do. Um, players are always, I'm paraphrasing, but basically players are always expected. We always watch tape. You have, that's the only way you get better. This week was a little different since, we moved on from Alex Grinch and we're have only four days to repair. We thought it was worthwhile that all the coaches still watch the tape, but then we basically put up together a game plan to just move forward. So whether people agree with that or not, I didn't think it was that bad considering, yes, they are literally changing things in such a short week going against Oregon. So we'll see if, uh, but I just thought that was funny because that was definitely a big conversation on Twitter of some people saying it's not a big deal. Former players saying it's a huge deal. A lot of SC guys jumped in the conversation like, no, this is terrible. You always watch the tape. And then I thought, though, it made sense to me. I'm curious your thought, but to me, all things considered, the change being made, looking to the future, I was like, okay, I understand maybe this one game, just like you only have four days to prepare and move on. So regardless of changing the defense or not, you still have to watch the film, and you you could work on things like technique. You could work on things like effort. You could look at things like how can we get better, right? You could also use this as a motivational tool. You know what I mean? Like, you guys got embarrassed. This is how we fix it. This is where we go from here. You could coach technique. Like, there's so many things you could coach, even if you're changing the defense. The next defensive coordinator that's going to come in, hopefully it's me, is going to watch the film from last season. It's not the fact that you're fixing the defense, right? It's the fact that you can still coach. It's still a coaching tool that you can use and you can still fix errors. Like, 
they're I think they're I think they're moving on way too fast. Like, okay, you got rid of Alice Grinch. We're happy about that, but you still have a season to play. And this just goes into like every time you put Lincoln Riley in front of a in front of in a microphone, he just blows it. Like he says things that just don't make any sense. Like me, he he his goal is media training for the offseason. It doesn't matter how much you lose by, you're still in the middle of a season and you still have a lot of stuff to fix week to week. You're supposed to get better week to week and you get better by watching film. By not watching film is one of the craziest things that I've ever heard in my life. I get if it's the last game, it's the bowl game, the players don't watch film. I remember after bowl games, we didn't watch film. But, like, how do you coach technique? How do you coach effort? How do you coach how to get better if you don't watch it? You're flushing it. Like, Man, like if this is twice in one week. He made a media blunder. Like every time he gets in front of Mike, he just messes up. Like that's crazy. Kenny, have you ever in the season, not at the end of the season, in the season, not watched the bowl game after a loss? Just the game, you mean? Yeah, like no. SC did not watch the did not watch film on Washington last yeah, this past. I've seen that uh Caleb Bullock said they're not watching the film, they're just moving on to the next week. But I mean, we never really got beat like that so it might be <laughs> just bury the tape and move on to next week uh, I, I mean see I I, I I totally get what you're saying Al I, I think why I don't have if this was a normal occurrence then that's a huge issue but I think him saying look this has happened less I could count in my entire coaching career less than on one hand where we flushed the tape but this is one instance because we made a change at coordinator we have such a short turnaround to play a great Oregon team. We played so bad that we didn't see worthwhile to rehash that. We wanted to just move forward. If that was a trend, it's terrible. For this one week, I give it a pass because I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I don't think you're going to get anything good out of that game because just do everything the opposite. It, it might be a trend because you remember Utah ran that play and he said, oh, <laughs> yeah. it's a once-in-a-lifetime play. We never saw it before, uh, and they ran it the week prior. Like, so that that's what worries me. About, yeah, so yeah. Like, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it is a trend. Maybe it is a trend, but that, that's crazy. Is there anything else that happened on the report besides the, the film? Like, are they did they mention changing the defense? Did they mention, like, how the players are about the, the coaching change, where they go from here? I know there was a defensive coordinator question. We know he doesn't know yet, but just – are they just general, just general statement about the defensive change? Yeah, just he went into kind of the decision to choose, you know, Coach Nua and and Odom as co co DCs, and and just thought that was the you know gave you your coaches speak that that was the best path forward. And obviously, when you make a change, I know we're not mid season, but in season, uh, it's a you have to distribute work a lot because obviously you you're taking a huge piece in a coordinator and now putting all those responsibilities. So instead of putting that on one person in season, that was better to put it on two and be able to distribute. And obviously other guys would pick up the slack elsewhere. Um, and the only other thing kind of interesting was, you know, was asked about SC clearly in the PAC 12 and even going into the big 10, the biggest rival in recruiting for SC and SoCal is Oregon. I mean, it's been noted Oregon has taken a lot of SoCal kids, most notably your brother, Kenny Long Beach, Polly decided to go to Oregon. Uh, and, and so that's kind of a, a conversation. So it was asked like, Hey, how important is this game on the, on the recruiting path? So he just kind of talked about that and, and said, look, it's, we're not minimizing it. It's definitely important. You got to look big picture. Um, it's hard to, say it's comes down to one game but definitely you know kids watch this game and it's important when you're your own backyard and you you want to go and, and put a good showing out so that was kind of 
that was kind of the gist of the, it was like 15 minutes long. So I think that was the gist. We got it. I got a few articles up on lafbnetwork.com if anyone wants the full transcripts uh, so you can see everything that was said. Good deal. I got you. Before we move on, I just want to let you guys know that Salute Troy is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is where you could go get all your up to date odds, stats, and wagers. If you want to start working on your Thanksgiving meal or your Christmas money, now's the time at Bet Online. Use promo code Believe. That's B L E A V. You get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, where the game starts. So we're going in, going in New DC to play Oregon. We're playing Oregon in Austin. My career at SC, my career at SC, we never won in Oregon. And when I say never won in Oregon, that's including Corvallis and Eugene. There was kind of like Oregon. Like we never won Oregon, right? Uh, Kenny, have you guys ever beat, when you were in Oregon, did you ever beat SC? I mean, lose yeah. SC. Lose uh, to SC. Yeah, once. We lost they to lost, once. They lost to SC once. So Oregon has been. I, I will say this. The state of Oregon in general has been kind of a kryptonite to USC. I don't know what it is about the state and the schools when they play them. But so they're coming in one loss to Washington. Oregon might be top to bottom the best team in the Pac-12 roster wise. Right. And if you look at Jamal's points, right, Jamal always goes over his points. They have the if you're able to have a a good quarterback, run the ball, be able to run the ball on, on third and short, <clears throat> and be able to get to the passer, you're going to have an issue. Oregon checks all those. Well, hold on. Oregon checks two of the three boxes, right? So they can run the ball, right? Bucky Irvin, excellent running back, no doubt. They can get to the passer. Bo Nix is the one question mark that I do have, right? I don't think Bo Nix is a – Gamer, and when I say a gamer, I don't think he can show up when it matters, and that's been his kryptonite the whole season, right? He's playing well, he's playing well. I'm not gonna take that from him. And a lot of people blame the Washington loss on Dan Lanning, but when you look at all of Bo Nix's big games, he has more losses than wins, right? And if you count Washington, he lost against Washington, so I don't think big quarterback play will be an issue. I do think the issue is going to be they might have the ability to run the ball down SC's throat. We don't know what scheme they're going to come with, but Becky Irvin's really good at running the ball. Trez Washington, I believe his name is, very good receiver. So SC's defense has their hands full. Let's shoot to Kenny. Let's see what he has to say. Thank you, man, Troy Franklin. Troy Troy Franklin. So who's Trez? I'm not sure. It might be another one of the receivers that they have, but uh, – Bo Nick's first big game was against Oregon, and they beat Oregon. Okay, oh, that's he was at Auburn. <laughs> yeah, that's when he was at Auburn. That was thirteen first, years ago. What you, career. Yeah, when Justin Herbert was still in college, right? <laughs> that seems so long ago. <laughs> what do you always tell me? What has SC done lately? What have you done for me lately, Bo? Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, like you said, uh, Bucky Irvin and the run game will it should be going. Only thing is, we don't know what kind of defense you guys will be running, and once they adjust to that, I think it'll be going. It's, it's not just your scheme. I don't think you guys have that very good players on defense also. I try to tell you that all the time. But uh, <laughs> I think that's a bigger issue there. But, uh, yeah, uh, we should be able to run it past the ball whenever we want to. And then on defense, 
it'd probably be a struggle early to stop Caleb, and then eventually they'll start getting to him. He holds the ball too long. And I was watching uh, something the other day from the All-22. The offense isn't very sound. They run some weird plays over there, I see, with Lincoln Riley. Like what? Give me an example. Uh, There's a few plays there where the receivers are blocking. They're running screens. Caleb is holding the ball. He takes sacks. There was a running back screen. The running back is blocking on a running back screen. And the receivers are just running in circles, not really running routes. There's some weird stuff that Lincoln Riley wants. <laughs> do, you, I, do you think, Ryan, do you think – I'll ask this question off to piggyback off that one. Do you think that's because Caleb scrambles a lot often and they're just playing scramble drill? Or do you think it's kind of shaky on Lincoln Riley's offense? Uh, I mean, I would say it's it's more the the former. Um, I think th- what, where Lincoln Riley, I think this year, in my opinion, hasn't been great in play design is he's play calling has been too long developing. Um, and with the offensive line as playing as shaky as it has this year, just not having the continuity they've had is you've had these long developing plays. And then if once Caleb, once Caleb Williams starts escaping the pocket or running, then everyone just ditches what they're their route was or whatever. And like Kenny says, starts just kind of freelancing out there and, and dancing around and trying to find an open space, which they haven't been able to do a ton. So I think there needs to be more just <clears throat> conviction in whatever the route tree is or whatever the play call is. And just, you know, whether it's a, a, a two-step, two-step dig, two-step drag, whatever it may be, instead of having these plays that take eight seconds to, to get to their, their destination. So I think that's probably what we're seeing in some of the, the weird looking stuff just because it's taking too long to actually get to the, the end of the execution. If Jamal was here right now, he would say, Ryan, if you take a look at it, SC's offensive line from last year has regressed, right? Like, because, and then maybe there's, and he, he might have a point receiver separation. Jordan Addison was running a lot of bang gates, which is basically a post, right? Jordan, and that's actually what he's doing right now with the Vikings. You catch Jordan Addison in the middle of the field wide open and it worked out. I think the offensive line is going to be an issue. So me looking at Oregon's film, which kind of worries me a little bit, they disguise a lot. They never show what they're actually running. You know what I mean? So they'll show nine men standing up and they'll drop eight. They'll show a six-man box, but they're really playing a seven-man box because the dude comes and rolls down late. Like they disguise a lot with Dan Lanning's defense and – I think Caleb's going to have a little bit of some issues with that because um, the air raid is off a pre-snap read, right? So whatever they get pre-snap is what they're going to do. But what Oregon shows pre-snap is not what they're going to do post-snap. And I think that's where Caleb is going to have a little bit of issues. And I think that's where Lincoln's going to have some issues too because like air raid guys get set in their ways and they don't adjust very well. They just run what they're going to run if that makes sense. You guys know what I mean? You get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Do you see that, Kenny, with Oregon's defense? Uh, Yeah, I see that there. But I think Caleb will be successful early against them. Oregon usually takes them a while to get going on defense, especially the pass rush. Like uh, Cam Ward, he had all day early, and then eventually we started to get to him. So it's like we wear the offensive line down, and then we start getting sacks later. Except that's for that Colorado case. game. They got after it quick in that Colorado yeah. game. Well, that, 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 <laughs> they got a high school offensive line over there. So. Yeah. If, yeah if, exactly. that's the, if that's the case, then we should just put up 
if we just get out on them quick, then we might have a chance. Yeah. <clears throat> the only advantage we do have, the only advantage we do have, and I, I do want to say this, the only advantage we do have is that we play on Pac-12 after dark. And I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. Some crazy stuff happens. on. I've seen a lot of crazy things happen on Pac-12 after dark. A lot of crazy things. I think that's one advantage we do have because for some reason, that game on Pac-12 after dark, you see up, you see top teams go down. You see random upsets. A lot of wins, you know, that I've seen on Pac-12. Washington State has a lot of success on Pac-12 after dark. For some reason, mm-hmm. like you get on that Pac-12 after dark, they have a lot of success. But- Al, I'm kind of like, I, I hate Pac-12 after dark. But at the same time, I'm kind of sad. This is the last SC Pac-12 after Pac-12. dark game ever. SC rarely plays Pac-12 after dark, though. They, they, yeah, they're they, rare. Yeah, they don't have any more. They haven't. They, they already got the rest of their schedule out. The rest the of the UCLA play, game won't play be, UCLA be after this. A four thirty game, probably. Yeah, yeah. it's a midday oh, yeah, game. It's yeah. usually a day game. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the way they set up their schedule was, and this was stupid. When I think about it, they set up their schedule to have a bye before the Pac-12 championship. So they went through this gauntlet, and then they thought they were going to have a bye after for the Pac-12 championship, and. I don't think that worked very well. You know what I mean? Like now it's like they like, they I, don't like a, I don't like a buy in the middle would have helped them either way. So <laughs> I, think, yeah, I, think, uh, I don't think it mattered much, but yes, I hear what you're saying naturally, but I mean, at least get players healthy, you know, because now you mm-hmm. they're going through injuries and things like that. Like they don't have a chance to get players healthy. So, and sometimes a buy does you come back, you do feel kind of good. You're a little out of shape, but you're like, it's like a midday nap, right? You know, on Sunday when you take your nap on the couch and wake up and the second half of the, the late afternoon games, you're like, oh, okay, time to catch up. You know what I mean? So I think a bye would have helped. Crack so, beer. Good to go. <laughs> so so let me ask you, let me let me ask you this, Kenny, since you since you're behind enemy lines, and we're gonna ask you a SC question. What worries you as far as being an Oregon duck? What worries you from SC besides Caleb Williams? Uh, Brendan, I mean, that's off of Caleb Williams, but Brendan Rice is pretty good. He, he's usually the guy he goes to when he does those scrambles and 16 is good as well. He, uh, Taz Washington. Or Washington. Taz Washington. Okay. Yeah. He, those two receivers are pretty good. Uh, I mean, he can scramble around. He's faster than probably everybody in Oregon's, uh, front line and linebacker. So he can get away from anybody and throw it deep to, uh, Jerry Rice Jr. out there or, or Washington. But yeah, that's the only thing that worries us. But as far as the defense you guys have, that's what makes everything okay. <laughs> so you, you have no worry about Marshawn Lloyd or anything like that? No, we're pretty good against the run. And like you said, your offensive line is is kind of suspect. But that that's one thing that we can't stop is you guys from running the ball. Unless Caleb scrambles. And so I'm gonna flip it to you, Ryan, so we could get this on radio. What worries you about Oregon? What SC coming in this weekend? Yeah, just about everything. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think defensive. When we look at this uh, USC's offense against Oregon's defense, I think it's a it's a really good matchup. Like if if USC had a competent defense, I'd be like this would be a really good matchup overall because I think the USC offense has some good pieces that can do things. Oregon has a good, like Kenny said, I think a good you know rush defense that can slow down. But I think. SC would be able to at least do something or at least move the ball somewhat successfully. And then they can, they can kind of stretch and do the big play at some point, but because of what SC is on defense, unless there's some miraculous change over four days with the new DCs in town, um, I don't know how much slowing down they're going to do of, of Oregon's offense. I think the one 
saving grace maybe is that Oregon's more balanced and they're not as high, high paced. So it'll just slow the game down. So they'll maybe like, they may only score 34 points just because they're doing six, seven yeah, yeah, minute drives yeah, instead of like the two minute drives we saw Washington do. Yeah. And so, I think that I heard you guys also, right. Cause they're going to keep the offense off the field. Yeah. Yeah. So the one, the one thing I am worried about is that Lincoln Riley doesn't know he's walking to an Austin stadium. Austin gets loud and there's one of the few stadiums that's on you. And another yep. thing that I'm worried about is that Lincoln Riley is going to do like he did with Washington and try to play the score game. Don't play the score game. Control the game. Like, if anything, this is the week where you just need to control your game, right? Just keep control. You don't have to score fast. If you take, why, why don't they try to do that with that defense? I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll continue to talk. I want to let everybody know in the mightier 1090. Thank you for joining. If you want to take Terry your digestive health, go to drink AG1 backslash control. You get five free travel packs to your supply of vitamin D. And if you want to get into fantasy football, go to underdogfantasy.com or on any app, Google Play or the App Store on Apple, and download Underdog Fantasy. You get to pick two to four players and uh, make your picks and win some cash. And we will match up to $500. Use USC LAFB. Uh, continuing that, Kenny. So that's a good question, right? So when – when we did the pregame against when we did the pregame against Washington, I was like, "Look, don't get into a scoring battle with Washington." At one point of the game, control the game, right? Try to control the game. Don't score quick. Just control the game. They have the ability to control the game. There was one drive where they shit around the ball a little bit more because it, it's times where SC can't actually run the ball and they run the ball successfully, and then all of a sudden he just starts slinging it around the yard. Like, so the answer to your question is I don't know. Do they have the ability to do it? 100%, because they do establish run games at time. Utah, they established a run game. Cal, um, not Cal, uh, Washington last week, they actually ran the ball pretty well, and then they just stopped. I don't know. That's a question that you might be answering. Well, even Chip ran the ball when you guys are at Oregon. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, So I don't, I don't understand why he doesn't do that. Like, But this is a week for sure where Lincoln Riley has to be able to control the game. He can't go score for score because the defense can't hold up, right? So if he gets a drive where it takes seven minutes, so be it. If he gets a drive that takes eight minutes, so be it. He needs a NFL drive where he starts at the 25 and goes to full 85 and scores the touchdown. He can't settle for three this week. So it's going to be times where he might have to go for it on fourth down because selling for three – he end up losing you the game. You know what I mean? Like this is a week where he settles for three and it end up being seven. You guys get what I'm saying? You know what yeah. I mean, Ryan? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that's every week. I don't think this week is any <laughs> different. Uh, but this week obviously is more juxtaposed because of how good Oregon is. Um, but yeah, I think that's it's it's a great point because you know that on the other side Oregon's going to really control the clock and like that's their name of the game and and be methodical and and kind of wear you to sleep where they can get the big play, but they're much more balanced in that sense. So you don't want to go tit for tat like it was last week where it was Washington scores in a minute 30, then SC scores in 45 seconds, the Washington scores in a minute 15, then SC score. Like you want to be methodical, go down the field. And especially if, if we get one of those, call it lucky, call it timely, call it whatever you want, or Oregon drives down the field, takes six, seven minutes, and then maybe commits a turnover well, then SC needs to do the same thing and go methodical and not just score quickly and give it right back to them where they can take all the momentum back. So, yeah, it's going to be a huge part of this game, I think, controlling the clock. I will tell you this. The defense has become 
that opportunistic defense that they were last year. You know what I mean? We're starting to, well, at least we're starting to see that a little bit. Like they're creating turnovers. They're getting plays where we need them to get a big play as far as turnover wise. And so the thing is, Oregon doesn't turn the ball over that much, right? I think they have two or three. So like Oregon doesn't here, here's the problem. Oregon doesn't turn the ball over that much. And their offensive line is pretty good. I'm not going to take anything from their offensive line. So how do you get pressure on Bo Nix to get him flustered? Because I'm not sold on Bo Nix, right? And then when you really look around, like draft stock-wise, like Bo Nix isn't a top-10 quarterback. You know, like he's a third-round guy you save money on. If he makes it, more power to you. But I'm not going to give him first-round money. The question oh, you see those guys, you see those guys mocking Bo Nix to the Rams at sixth. <laughs> really? Yeah, like I saw that. I saw that. No thanks. <laughs> like, but no, how thanks. how do you get pressure on and how do you get pressure on Bo Nix to make Bo Nix fluster? Because Bo Nix fluster creates turnovers, but Oregon's not turning the ball over right now. You know what I mean? So you either need listen, this is old school right here. Four stops, right? Or a turnover. You know what I mean? How do you get mm-hmm. to those four stops? You know what I mean? So, yeah. Kenny, can, can you see Oregon? Can you see SC stopping Oregon four times? They just need four stops. Four? Uh, no, I don't see him stopping anybody <laughs> four times. <laughs> uh, that was a loaded question. Think what, they stopped Arizona four times, did they? Uh, uh, maybe just four. They got <laughs> four. four. Yeah. The fourth, the fourth one was in or- overtime. <laughs> and yeah. Ryan, Ryan. Arizona's ranked yeah. 23. Uh, yeah, Arizona's a good football team. I, I told you the they're the going to make it to 25. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, here's what I'm curious, Al. And one of the biggest frustrations on defense, I mean, everything has been, but one of the biggest that we've talked a lot, fans talk a lot, is personnel usage, specifically within the linebacker room. So I'm really curious now if we'll see if that was purely a Grinch decision if that was, I mean, Odom does the inside backers. He's the inside backer coach. So whether that was him and his position group's uh, uh, decision, because I wonder if we'll see, like, we all agree. It should be Mason Cobb and Eric Gentry 90% of the time. And when they need blows, sure, throw Tackett Curtis in there, show Sean Davis in there, throw Shane Lean in there. But the two main guys that it should be is Cobb and Gentry. So I'm curious this week if we'll see that or if we'll still see this this big rotation continually, or if that was purely a, a Grinch thing. So I never understood that. And to, to, to explain it to Kenny, they rotated, they rotated their linebackers like receivers. So like they had like different linebackers in every series, you know what I mean? Or like they rotated them like defensive, the linebackers rotated more than the D line. So, you know how we, like we did that. We did that at Oregon too. With the linebackers too. With everybody, well, I guess it's the Oregon. I mean, I it, but it worked with Oregon, I guess yeah, it's not working. Yeah. <laughs> so, I get it just... to I, like, not, sorry to cut you off, like, I get it to an extent, but what's hard with the SC backers is like it's so obvious that Shane Lee is like a run stopping backer, like, it's so mm-hmm. obvious, like, he's really good against the run, he's not good against the pass. So, like, it's so hinges you if, like, as, as an offense that maybe watches film. Like they know if Shane Lee's yeah, out there, we're throwing the football. Yeah. We're throwing the football. And and then like Eric Gentry, who overall I think is 
good enough to be starting, as I just said, but he is much better against the pass than he is lining up at the line of scrimmage against the run. So it's like they've almost pigeonholed themselves based on just who they have that the, that the offense can just be like, okay, based on who you're packaging, we can do kind of whatever we want because we know what their strengths are. Yeah, and so it, it's fixable because then that's when you start playing with them in second and medium, right? You put Shane Lee in or you put Gentry in. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Because Gentry, Gentry could play in the run, right? Because yeah. Mason Cobb's more the mic. The problem is you're taking Mason Cobb off the field, you know, or you're putting Mason Cobb and Shane Lee in. You have no success in the past, right? And I'm not t- – Gentry should start. Gentry and Mason Cobb should be the starter. I think it's just because they're not in the box either. You know what I mean? You you remember that picture I sent you? And I was like, I'm so happy yeah. this is over. Like, <clears throat> they're not really playing in the box. So they're not being put in the best situation possible. I think they need to be put in a best situation possible. And hopefully they change it up a little bit. And you could fix the front. You could change the front on the fly. And, like, you have this responsibility. You have this responsibility. You could change it from the fly. I just don't know if, like you said, if it's a Barry Odom thing or if it's an Alex Grinch thing. The rotation was too often. Did you they do that with Lincoln Riley's other teams, or is it a Lincoln Riley thing? I, that's what we don't know. We have to go yeah. back and look at that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Good question. Because I know – so Odom was with – Riley in Oklahoma as well. And Odom was responsible for Kenneth Murray being a first round pick as a backer who I think was obviously didn't like rotate out all the time, but I don't know the full grasp of how often they did it. Mm. They didn't do it as much last year though, coach. I don't think. Right. They didn't have the depth last year either though. Yeah. They did not have the depth. Yeah. I mean, it's mm. basically, it was basically rolling. Uh, it was go forth and Shane Lee. And then Gentry would come in on yeah. like pass plays. That was basically yeah. last year. So that is actually a good question. Is it an Oklahoma thing or is it a is it a is it a Alex Grinch thing? That's actually a really good question. I'm, we should look into that. Mm-hmm. I I wish we had like stat guys so we could look into that. That's actually a good question. I never really paid attention to that. But the rotation needs to stop. For a blow, I get it, but it needs to stop. So like Kenny, you said you guys did at Oregon, you guys had the depth. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, but that's, there was more of a chip chip started that. But Lottie would leave people out there for 100 plays. <laughs> but, but they recruited to the depth. SC doesn't have the depth. Like, I used this example, what was it, on Sunday or maybe Monday? If Bear Alexander gets hurt, then they have nobody else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's nobody behind Bear, Bear Alexander. Yeah, I mean, we saw it against Cal in the first half because Bear had to miss it because of the targeting. And I mean, Jade right. Not had what 160 yards in the first half running because there's no Barry Alexander. Yeah. So yeah. like, if Barry gets hurt, there's you get what I'm saying. So if you have the depth to do it, I I agree. But they don't have that depth to do it. Hopefully they are recruiting the depth to do it. <laughs> and so I don't know what's going on in the recruiting scene, but hopefully they are recruiting that depth to do it. That's that's how that really works. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So let's move on. Let's move on. Let's get. Let's. I mean, you you think we can wrap this up, or you got some more? You got any other anything else, Ryan? You're no, let's, let's do let's do predictions, and then I'd love to ask Kenny a couple questions, just not even related to this game, that we can end with. All right, just more deal. like general general questions, but yeah, let's end with predictions, and we can end with some general stuff. All right, you know, I, 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 that's where I was going with predictions. So I'm gonna go with you first, Ryan, because we're gonna get an outrageous prediction from Kenny. So I don't be that crazy. <laughs> 
give me your give me your prediction for Saturday. You know, there's something weird <laughs> that I want to pick SC. Something about like when a coach gets fired, right? Like the guys kind of rally, and there's like this weird uh like juice in the building or whatever even you never want to see a guy lose a job even if he wasn't doing his job well it's still like you know he's a part of your family but there's this weird like you know everyone just kind of rides to the occasion and and i have a weird feeling that the sc defense is going to play better all that being said though i don't think it's gonna be good enough and this oregon team is one of the best in the country and you you don't see a defense that literally could not stop a high school offense if they wanted to last week to all of a sudden you know, slowing down or stopping Oregon. That would be, it'd be amazing if we did. I just can't get there yet. I think it'll be closer than maybe what people think. What's the line you said, Kenny? 15? 15, yep. 15. I think SC will keep it closer. Maybe they give up a garbage time score to make it farther, but I'll go, I'll go 34 to 27. Um, and I think again, 34, cause like what we talked about earlier, it's just long sustained drives that just won't be as much time to score as much. Hmm. Okay. 34 27 Oregon. I don't know if I said that. First time picking against SC this year. <laughs> Had to do it. What do you got, Kimmy? Uh, like he said, uh, the defense, I don't I don't think they'll come out like he thinks he will. They will. They're still the same players. They can't really switch the scheme too much. It might affect Oregon early because we don't really know what they're going to run. But then I think the coaches uh make adjustments and we'll overcome all of that we'll just run the ball down you guys throat for about 300 so i think it'll be a uh, 45 to 24 oregon 45. let me ask you let me ask you this kenny who's who's someone on oregon's offense that's done nothing this year because that's the guy that's going to break out that's the guy that's, yeah that's the <laughs> maybe the give me a name that's done nothing uh the tight end. let me see who he is number 20 the tight end okay. the tight end is going to get loose on us so I'm, I'm putting all my money on number 20 to to have an mvp type game okay <laughs> so jordan, jordan james Jordan James, there we go. Yeah. So I, I will say this. It's Pac-12 after dark. A lot of freaky things happen on Pac-12 after dark. Good teams win, great teams cover. But SC's not a great team. They do cover. I'd see a lot of points in this, though. I, I do see a lot of points. But the fact is it's Riley's first time. Austin kind of scares me because every time he goes into a new Pac-12 stadium, he always says, it's louder than we expected it to be, right? So that's the thing that scares me. But I don't see 15 points. I'm going to go 56-42. No, that's more than 15. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's 14. 14. 14. 14. That's 14. Just, cover. 40. just cover. Just 56 cover. 56-42. That's almost 100 points up there. They had 100 last week. They had 40 <laughs> in the first half. I will tell you this. I will tell you this, Ryan. I'm gonna tell you this. I don't care. That's gonna be on the podcast. Once, so our mom is subscribed to the show, and our aunt is subscribed to the show. So once she sees the show, I guarantee you, we're gonna get a text tomorrow. Guarantee you from both of them. Love <laughs> what was it. I gonna say, uh, you said Lincoln Riley's not used to noise. Doesn't Nebraska get pretty loud? And oh, no, no, they didn't play Nebraska right. That it's, the, it's, the big time. it's the Pac-12. So he went to he went to Reaser last year. And he didn't know how fast, how loud they got a Reezer. And then they went to Utah. He was like, we didn't expect the fans to be like this. Like, that was his excuse all last year. Like, we weren't prepared for the fans. And you remember that, Ryan? Like, when the Oregon State came down to, like, a touchdown, it was like, oh, we didn't expect it to be that loud. When they played in uh, Tempe, they were like, oh, there was a lot more student body than we expected. Like, he doesn't – people don't understand how great the past are. 
it's your typical West Coast bias. Like anyone yeah, that's not, not out here country. thinks it's less. I mean, he yeah. played. He played in great venues. He played against Texas. Yeah, Texas played against Oklahoma State. Played. I mean, there, it wasn't like he didn't play it loud, but Shoot, no one Oklahoma gives credit to the Pac-12. And yeah, exactly. But no one gives credit to the Pac-12. So you get out and you're like, oh crap! Like yeah, these these are some legit home field advantages. Yeah. yeah. Just think if he would have been in Seattle and that echo would have came off the lake. Yeah, Seattle gets pretty loud too. Yeah. Yeah, I think everybody. Even, gets, uh, Washington State. Yeah, Washington State gets loud. Everybody oh, gets yeah. loud. Everybody gets loud except two schools. USC. No, UCLA. Not, no, UCLA <laughs> gets loud. Well, not now because UCLA is not getting fans, but UCLA used to get fans, so they used to get loud in the yeah. Rose Bowl. Cal and Stanford. Yeah. Everybody else. Yeah. They get it wrong. I was decently loud uh two weeks ago though, just because they wanted to they wanted to beat SC so bad. They, they did they, loud. Wanted, they wanted that uh, they got they like it, it gets that Cal could get loud when they need to. They were ready yeah. for the field rush. They were ready to rush the field. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So <clears throat> um well no, okay, so we all have Oregon winning. Hopefully it's hopefully, hopefully it's a an entertaining game. I think a lot of fans at this point of the year are just happy Grinch is gone. So they can almost it's almost like fans are relieved they can just watch this game not even expecting much just be like okay like we got rid of the big problem plan for next year let's see how we compete see if we have some fun um so hopefully the trojans at least come out and and look competitive so uh kenny i want to just ask you though like i've been to eugene i've been to oregon's campus i went up to the winter olympics in vancouver in 2019 and we stopped in eugene on the way just to like hang out and check out the campus but um i haven't been there for a game uh mm-hmm. so for anyone listening i'm just like what's What's it like to be a duck? What's it like in Eugene? Because obviously it's way different than being down here in LA and being a Trojan. I mean, it's a true college campus. Literally, Al, we get, I got an email from their uh, comms people about credentials. Mm -hmm. And basically the email said, if you're staying in the Eugene area, let us know what (laughs) hotel you're at and we'll come bring your credentials to you. I'm like, that's not happening in LA. Like they're not bringing your credentials (laughs) to a hotel you're staying at. So that just shows that it's a small town. Yeah, everything's about 10 or 15 minutes away. So every yeah, like yeah. you said, everything is pretty close together, which makes it cool. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's a small college town. Everything runs. Oregon pretty much is the biggest employer out there. So everything is Oregon sports, Oregon football, University of Oregon is pretty much everything out there. And it's a smaller town, uh, way different from here. And it's pretty cool when you go there uh right now every all the leaves are turning orange and yellow and green i mean different colors so mm-hmm. it's a way different field in la what was it like being like an la kid going to long beach poly and then going to this like small town was it like culture shock or was it you were just, it was fine it was you were having fun playing ball yeah it was fine it's not really culture shock because you're with about 40 other people who are from la as well like you said earlier <laughs> we a lot of people from la go up there and then a lot of people from school also come from here in the Bay Area, too. There's a huge population of the Bay Area that goes there. That, yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, they, that, there's just just by sheer population, you got to recruit California. I think Oregon has what, like four million people total in the whole state. So you're kind of forced Maybe to, to go down to the, where the 33 million people are to recruit. Yeah. Um, and then my last question, and Al, if you want to bring, but I was just curious, you know, you played for Chip. He's obviously here in L.A., uh, USC gets, this is looking too far ahead, but victory bell games just next week. So just, I was curious what it's like playing for chip Kelly. I know he's not a known as a huge quote unquote players coach, but obviously an offensive guy. And just what was it like playing for him? Uh, he's more of a player's coach than people give him credit for. Uh, he, he changed a lot of stuff 
from him to from Bilotti to him, he's more of a new school coach, players coach. Uh, playing for Chip was a pretty cool, interesting. Like you said, he just deals with the offense. Every now and then he'll come talk to people on the defense, but uh, it's pretty good. Uh, he revolutionized college football. Everybody runs the same offense now. They run up-tempo offense. And then uh, so it was, it was a good experience playing for him. Do you think he still uh, should be at UCLA or should UCLA move on? <laughs> uh, we'll see. What's, what They got a pretty good – are they still ranked or are they not ranked after last They're week? They're not ranked. How many yeah, losses did I have? Up. Three or four? Three. Three. No, Three. yeah, he's still be there. Losses. I mean, that I thought Dante Moore was going to be better. He was supposed to come to Oregon, but I thought he would be better. But, uh, yeah, now they should keep him. I thought he should have went to Florida, though, when he had that opportunity. I forgot about that, yeah. That would have been interesting. I, I will say I will say this about we'll, – we'll cross over to the other side of town. I will say this about Chip and any UCLA fans listening. UCLA had to make a decision. They had to decide, are they going to be a basketball school or a football school? Financially, they had to make that decision. They went with the easier choice, and they decided to become a basketball school. They've been in the Final Four or the Elite Eight the past four or five years. They have a great basketball program. The fact that UCLA is very competitive in football, and competitive is not three losses, you know, they might go two losses sometimes, but as long as Chip continues to get 10, 9, 8 wins and make a bowl game and they, they're, they're fighting on the field and they're putting out a decent product, that is the best person there for your program. There's nobody else you could bring that's going to do better than what Chip did. People don't understand the obstacles that they have at UCLA. The special admits, basketball gets them. The financial woes that they have at UCLA. People they just ignored that UCLA always almost was bankrupt. They also forget that SC is kind of fronting some cash for them to go to the big 10. Like there's a lot of things going on and you guys want to get rip, rid of the best person for your program. Like I, that part, I don't understand. Chip is the best guy for the job. You're not going to get anything better. So you could hot seat them all you want, but in reality, who are you going to bring in? National championship is not the goal for the program at UCLA. A competitive, good product on the field is the goal at UCLA. You know what I mean? So Chip mm. is doing great. I don't have any. Yeah. I think Chip is doing great. I just great. checked their uh, – they got three losses. They're six and three. They play Arizona State this week, so they'll win that. Then they'll win next week against that other team. And then they play Kyle their last game. So that's nine wins. Yeah, it was going to be a nine-win nine football program. So that's excellent. Yeah. Which would we be, got, I think, most. We got we got one more special guest, Ryan. And ten if they get the uh, the bowl game. game. Yeah, ten, we which would tie program guest. most. Yo, about time. <laughs> so what up? Want to know, Oregon, Oregon, Oregon plays USC this weekend. Who's going to win, Oregon or USC? Oregon. All right, go to <laughs> no, <bed>. hesitation. <laughs> <laughs> no hesitation. No hesitation. So. Well, yeah, I got my questions out, so we can we can wrap this thing up and see how our Trojans do. Hey, so let's do this. Uh, Kenny, you available at 9 a.m. on Sunday? Yeah, I'll be there. I can be available. All right, you want to do Victory Sunday with us? <laughs> It'll be if yeah. you want to. Yeah. Right, Ryan, Ryan you good with it, or do you, do you need to think about that? No, no, I don't care. Do whatever right. we want. We can do whatever so, we want. Well, have you back for Victory Bell Sunday. Uh, hopefully, it won't be too bad. And the, Hopefully, the, it will be. 
The problem is here's the problem, Ryan. The problem is that I'll have to deal with it on Saturday, victory, uh, victory Sunday, and then I have to deal with it again on Thanksgiving. So I might as well just get it all out now. So get it all in one. You can once, act yeah. like you fell asleep since it's a late game. You said what? You can act like you fell asleep since it's a late game. Mm, That's nah. true. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. There you go. 7:30 start. Yeah. I have a commitment to my fans. Nice. <laughs> you are committed. Just do, I love do it. the old school, read the newspaper in the box score and talk about that. There you go. You can be like SC and just not watch the film. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Definitely. <laughs> Kenny, I appreciate you, man. Ryan, you know, I always appreciate you. Fans, we have reached a milestone on Salute Troy podcast. A great milestone. Mm. You want to announce it, Ryan, or do you want me to do it? No, you do it. 4,000 subscribers. We appreciate you guys 100%. We could not do this without you guys, and we say this all the time. We're on this for you, and you guys keep subscribing. We got to 4,000 goals to get to 5,000, 5,000 to a million. That's the whole goal, so we don't have to do it. We could be in a studio in the LAFB lounge hanging out, doing this, getting you guys better quality, but it all starts with you guys. We start here first. We appreciate you. We thank you guys for the 4,000 subscribes. Now go tell two friends and tell those two friends to tell two friends and keep subscribing. Keep making this. The more subscribers we get, the better we get for you guys. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate all the subscribes, all the comments, all the follows, all the likes. We couldn't do this without you. We really, really thank you guys. We really appreciate it. Kenny, Ryan, it's been great. We got a big one, Ryan. We got a big mm-hmm. one. Us, but as it goes, David did beat Goliath. So hopefully, mm. we, hopefully the Victory Sunday will, will be great. Once again, if you want to take care of your digestive health, go to AG1. That's drinkag1.com. Backside Salute Troy. You get five free travel packs of your supply of vitamin D. And if you want to do underdog, go ahead, Ryan. You read it way better than me. Tell them about underdog. Uh, underdogfantasy.com or use underdog fantasy app on the app store google play use our promo code usclafb all one word usclafb you get a match bonus up to 100 dollars. play the pick them win some money have some fun and kids if you're out there in the recruiting you listen to this if you want to underachieve and want to wear pretty uniforms go to oregon if you want to be a part of a great tradition have a bunch of money when you grow up. Go to SC. I play defense. <laughs> That's how it goes. Thank you, guys. Hey, you know how it goes. Live free. Fight on.